0: My name is Jason Eisner, and I am uh, the director, co-writer, and uh, editor of Kids vs. Aliens, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast.
1: horror squad podcast episode number 261 tonight we're talking about 2023's megan which is currently in theaters we also have an interview but before we talk about who that is i'm your host todd we have steve and joe boys what's going on
2: hello hello
1: hi <laughs> who's the interview who we got
2: uh tonight we have jason eisner who is the director of Kids vs. Aliens, new 2023 horror movie. Me and Steve are going to be giving our review of that during what watched. But horror fans might also know him from Hobo with the Shotgun. He also did a segment in VHS 2, which Kids vs. Aliens is based off of. And then he also did a segment in ABC's The Death 2, which I can't say which one that is because I haven't watched
3: that in forever. But
2: yeah, so yeah, good interview. Super nice guy. Talked a lot of fun stuff. So yeah, stick around.
3: Yeah, he also did the Dark Side of the Ring series, which we mentioned in the past, which is like showing wrestling stories, but from a really kind of dark standpoint. If ever you like pro wrestling, I think it's like a must-watch. So definitely talented guy and great interview. Short, it's only like 15 minutes long, but he had a lot of cool stuff to say in that 15 minutes. So welcome back, Todd. How's it going? You're moved again. Or moving? Moved
1: again. Moved, uh, yeah, uh, part one of four of the... Great move. I'm going to open up a business, cross-country moving. I will guide you through the process because it's going to be my fourth time moving across the country. So that's uh, always fun. Not sucks balls, but hey, I'm here. Kentucky's cool. It's uh, snowed a little bit already, which I missed. I know Stevie hate the snow, but it's a different level of snow over here, pal. It's not 40 feet like you get. But yeah, just doing my thing, starting the new job, which is going really well and slowly getting back into the swing of things.
2: Mm we could have used you for cross-country moving when we moved sam here because they literally it took like 45 days for sam's stuff to get here
1: 45
2: insane yeah they had it in stores and they're like oh we're just waiting for another like truck to get like to be able to go that way and like i was literally on the phone with them like every single day for like 45 days and i'm like when the fuck is our stuff coming and then they delivered (laughs) it we moved in it was like sometime in november when we moved here and then they delivered it on christmas day i'll never forget christmas it. <laughs>
1: day wow. christmas day fuck up your business yeah
2: <laughs> yeah and then i was like worst company ever i wrote like a scathing review to like yeah, online i is. can't remember the name of the company but if anyone's ever moving cross-country like message me first i'll tell you do not ever use this company because it was like the fucking worst experience ever and the amount of money yeah. we paid oh my god yeah it's definitely not cheap it's like seven grand to get
1: all that shit done. So I'm doing it by myself, though, so that's fun. I have to drive 15 hours each way.
2: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) But, oh, well, it's cheaper. Uh What about you guys?
2: What's my week been like here? I can't think of anything... Too exciting. I played VR golf with a couple guys the other day and they kicked my ass, so that was fun. <laughs> Stephen Todd for the listeners. Yeah, we, we had a little VR golf night the other night. Played some walkabout mini golf, played the labyrinth course, which was pretty fun. I had a good time on that one. And we played what was the other one we played? Was it was like spaceish or Mist. something. Mist. That's right. Which I've never played the game, but you know. I wasn't a huge fan of that one because you actually had to like think and there was like puzzles involved and stuff. I'm like, I just want to hit the ball and like not have to worry about fucking unlocking things. (laughs) But it was kind of cool. Like it was different. So it was was cool. But yeah, wait and watch The Last of Us. I still haven't watched it. I'm excited. premiered yesterday. So yeah, I'll probably leave my little review of that next week because I'm definitely going to watch it probably sometime
3: this week. And on my end, not too much, you know, but I, I did have a I did attend a virtual movie premiere for Murder, Madness, and Mayhem, which is the movie that we had interviews for on last week's episode. And that was a lot of fun. You know, there are a lot of people there. And it was just kind of seeing the cast, the crew, including Stephen Durock, who's the director. His, like, the cast of his previous film were all there. So that was cool to see as well, because I'd never seen them. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. So, you know, if you want to check out that interview... Hopefully, that movie will be available at some point soon. Uh, right now, it's going to go to the festival circuit, so there's no real way of seeing it. But once it does, I will definitely let our audience know. And then finally, uh, we had a hangout. It was technically for uh, Todd and I's other podcasts, the Let's XP Geek Gaming podcast, but there are a lot of crossover uh, listeners from the two podcasts. So you know, a lot of Horse Squad listeners were there as well. Unfortunately, uh, we had technical if- difficulties. There's things I didn't know about Broadcasting like a movie on online that through Tubi. Apparently, some of them are restricted, so you can't broadcast them. So we had to pivot at the last second. And we ended up watching a horror movie, one that Joe and I have talked about in the past called Rektuma. So we forced like, you know, a bunch of people to watch Rectuma. And it it was a fun experience to watch in a group. You know, it's it's not a good movie, but there's a lot of really crazy shit in that movie. Some of it maybe a little too crazy, if you ask me, but still pleasant experience and look forward to our next hangout it's the last Friday of this month and we're hopefully <laughs> gonna watch The Greasy Strangler you know um, I did tests and I think it's gonna work but uh, we'll see about that uh, I look forward to it that's another pretty wild movie
2: Is Rektuma gonna be in your what watch Todd? Yes Okay. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. I know we discussed it vaguely on the VR Golf, but before we get into news, I do want to mention, because it's ever growing, our official Texas Frightmare Weekend meetup. I think we are up to maybe like a dozen people at this point, maybe more. Very exciting. It is going to be May Memorial Day weekend. So if you want to come out, it is going to be in Dallas, Texas. Just search Texas Frightmare Weekend. For those of you guys who don't know about it, massive horror con, one of the biggest in the country. They actually moved this year. They moved to a bigger venue. Huge guest list, John Carpenter, Sam Raimi, some of the big, big names. They're doing a Killer Clowns reunion, a Sleepaway Camp reunion, and they're going to be adding more and more guests. So the guest list is going to grow, but uh, you know. Fellow listeners, the whole squad's going to be there. So if you want to just come and hang out, it's going to be a hell of a good time. So we hope to see more of you guys there. And without further ado, let's get into some horror news. I know it has been a little while. And perhaps maybe the biggest thing that dropped within uh, since last time we did horror news is the Evil Dead Rise trailer finally premiered. It is going to be hitting theaters on April 21st. 2023, something I'm sure we are definitely going to be reviewing here on the podcast, so stay tuned for our review of that. But for now, what would you guys think of the trailer?
1: I liked it a lot, so I only watched half because they always end up spoiling like cool scares like Smile, for example. I think you both mentioned that scare being ruined, but yeah, man, it looks fucking cool. It looks a lot of fun, looks bloody. Um, I forget the main actress's name, but she pulls off a really cool Deadite, and yeah, I'm all for it.
3: Yeah, same. It looked awesome. You know, I only watched it once and it was a, a lot of fun and I really can't wait for that movie. And I'm wondering, so if the movie does end up being a hit, is this the only like horror franchise that has absolutely no misses? I was trying to think of that the other day. You know, like something that is like four or more, I'd say, because, you know, to trilogies are can sometimes be pretty good. But I can't think of a horror franchise that doesn't have at least one miss somewhere. Something to, something to ponder. First, hmm. Yeah,
2: ponder. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Insidious franchise. I don't think there's ever been a miss. Maybe there hasn't been, there's been ones that haven't been better than the others, but I don't think there's ever been a stinker in that franchise yet.
1: I only saw Last Key once and I didn't really like it, but
2: was it bad? That's yeah, probably the weakest
1: one. No. Yeah. Maybe Conjuring?
3: Three. Conjuring? Oh, no, that that one sucked. Sucked. <laughs> yeah. It was actually, yeah, the Conjuring three. So, yeah. Oof, that was rough. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was
1: rough. <laughs> Just thinking about it, him swinging the uh hammer like fucking Jack Torrance and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh boy.
2: Yeah, I'll. Th- yeah, that's something definitely to think about. Because, like, as far as all the major slashers, absolutely, every single one is at a- at least one stinker in there. Would you count? Sure.
1: The Nun to the Conjuring franchise, or is that a separate
2: thing? It's part or of, of the universe, but I wouldn't count it as being part of the Conjuring franchise. I guess. Because okay.
1: mm-hmm. then you can do like um, that first Annabelle movie was pretty bad.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, I rewatched it though recently, and it was better than I thought. It still wasn't great, but mm-hmm. it's. I w- I wouldn't say it was terrible.
3: Yeah, something to ponder for our listeners. Let us know if you think of one that uh, that it doesn't have a miss and it has four movies or more. Mm-hmm. all right very cool
2: all right next bit of news here in i guess surprising news something i never thought would see the light of day eli roth is finally giving us thanksgiving of course the spoof trailer that premiered during the grindhouse movies has been beloved for years now you know a staple every thanksgiving i usually throw it on on YouTube to you know watch the two minute uh, spoof trailer of his famous slasher well it's happening ladies and gentlemen he officially announced it is going to be coming shooting will begin this March with a script by Jeff Rendell uh, Spyglass Entertainment will be behind production of this movie Spyglass also of course has revived the Scream and Hellraiser franchises most recently but as far as plot synopsis and whatnot, I'm assuming we're gonna get the same type of thing we saw in the spoof trailer. But yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? You guys excited for this? Or do you think it's kind of past its time now?
1: Uh no, man. Finally. Jeez. Are we gonna get Werewolf Women of the SS now too from uh, Zombie? That'd be cool. No, I just hope it it stay was it set in the seventies or the eighties in that trailer, I forget.
3: About 70s, oh, 70s, from my memory, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just hope it stays that way, and it's not like a modern 2022 take. It's like a period piece.
3: That'd be dope. I mean, so far, so good, right? Hobo with a Shotgun is great. I'll talk about it on What Watch today, because the, the director is the one we had on. And Machete was actually pretty fun. Machete kills a little less so to me, but Machete itself was actually pretty fun. So, yeah, why not? Bring it on. What about Don't? Are we got to get Don't? <laughs>
1: I love that one.
2: That's a good one. I'm excited. I'm interested to see if he's going to film anywhere around here because Eli Roth is from the area and the movie takes place based on the trailer in Plymouth, Massachusetts. So I would it'd be cool if he films down there or anything like that. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on that. And maybe I can go to some of the filming locations if he ends up heading down that way. And I can uh, take some photos to the discord and stuff like that. But we'll keep you up to date on everything Thanksgiving coming up. All right. Huge news In the universal Halloween Horror Nights world universe, they announced that they are going to be launching a year-round horror destination in Las Vegas. So that is right, folks. Halloween Horror Nights year-round in Las Vegas. It is going to be a massive 110,000 square feet on on 20 acres of land. No word on what horror properties might be involved in this, but they did say it is going to be uh, ever-changing. It isn't always going to be the same thing. They're going to be switching things in and out as we go. Uh, Steve, maybe you've got a little more news on this than I do. I know you being the big Halloween Horror Nights guy.
3: Not really. All all I could say extra than that is uh, I know it'll feature their kind of icons because in the teaser picture that they sent, you could see Jack the Clown and Chance. So... Uh, yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's always life to see more horror out there. And I think this could be a lot of fun. And it's gonna give me a reason on top of all the other horror stuff that's popping on Vegas, which is really becoming a horror destination all of a sudden. So I look forward to it.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think we were like literally just talking about this on the last episode about like horror, you know, uh in Vegas. And yeah, I mean you get the Blair Witch escape room, you get the it. Pennywise Escape Room that's going to be coming uh, very soon if it hasn't already premiered there. You got Nightmare Toys and their Nightmare Cafe that they just opened. You also got Zach Baggins Ghost Museum out there. And now you're going to have this and I'm sure other stuff I'm not even thinking of. So yeah, I mean, it is definitely going to be an awesome place for horror fans uh, to visit. Plus, if you go in October, they got the Nightmare Dome thing that I attended way back god like six or seven years ago that was pretty cool so and i know that's like a uh every year thing so yeah a lot of of great stuff coming to vegas and i know for a fact steve will definitely be attending this uh thing and i'm sure i'll end up out there at some point too so we'll give you guys an update when it's finally built probably within i don't know four or five years i guess maybe maybe quicker
3: we'll see they're pretty fast Uh, in vegas like (laughs) of all places it could pop up surprisingly quickly (laughs)
2: All right, next bit of news here. Very quickly, a couple of TV shows that have been renewed for seasons. Wednesday has officially been picked up on Netflix for season two. I don't think there was any surprise whatsoever there, considering I think it was like one of the most watched shows ever uh, in Netflix. Still haven't finished that myself yet. I don't know if Steve or Todd have given it a watch yet. I did. Yeah, yeah, I I finished it.
3: I mean, it's, you know, it's not geared towards my age right yeah it's uh, geared toward a younger audience so it has a lot of like the tiktoky type stuff inside of it i mean the dance probably one of the biggest things on tiktok in the last few months and so it was fine you know it was it was okay it's just not like the greatest thing ever to me but that's fine too yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah my, agreed. my teenager
3: really likes it nice yeah
2: and, and then the other show picked up is chucky chucky has officially been renewed for season three you heard my thoughts. I thought started terribly in season two and then kind of picked up towards the
3: end of season three. Did you finish it, Steve? I'm halfway. I mean, the last episode didn't even have Chucky in it. It was an episode with just Glenn, Glenda and uh oh, that's right. And yep. Tiffany. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like I'm pushing myself. There's only four episodes left. I'll eventually get to it, but I'm in no rush.
2: Yeah, I will say that's probably when it starts to pick up and get better. Like the last three were pretty solid. Did you watch any of it, Todd? No?
1: No, I don't think I will
2: either. I mean, honestly, yeah, you're probably not missing much. But yeah, the Christmas episode was like really solid, very gory. I I think uh, you could probably skip over everything else and watch that, and you'll be pretty happy. (laughs) All righty, folks. Next bit of news here is a little bit of update on the Crystal Lake television series that is going to be coming very soon over on Peacock. Adrian King is going to be a series regular on the show. Of course, Adrian King, who of course is uh, one of the most famous final girls in the franchise. Also, Brian Fuller is going to be coming on to write some episodes. Writing officially starting uh, within the next two weeks. Kevin Williamson, of course, from the Scream franchise, is also on to uh, develop the series as well. So it seems to be in very good hands. You know, I, what do you guys think? Like, Adrian King being, like, a recurring character on this. Is that something, like, you care about? Or is that, like, it doesn't? seems kind of, like, pandering to the fans?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I guess it depends where they go with it. This is the Peacock version or the A24 version?
2: The Peacock, peacock. version.
1: So Which I believe like is that. A24.
2: I, I think that is the A24. Like, it's the same. Oh, okay. Like, it's A24 they, is producing some it, and it will be on Peacock. Too. Got it.
1: Okay. I wonder if she's going to be, like, a wise like den mother kind of character
2: yeah i could see that
1: or maybe like a crazy carl or whatever his name is like that you know you got a death curse maybe that's she's like a new version (laughs) of that
3: yeah i mean yeah it's cool i mean it's it's cool to have ties to the original just like todd said depends how they use her that Mm -hmm. will determine you know if it's just pandering or actual something good
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, A little bit more here. They have pitched four seasons for the Crystal Lake series. Only one uh, has officially been ordered so far. But uh, Fuller, of course, the series creator has noted that Peacock would have to pay a pretty hefty penalty if they didn't order a season two. So it seems like we'll definitely be getting at least two seasons on this. They also in this press release asked if they can confirm if Pamela Voorhees is going to be in the series. And Fuller replied, we're honestly going to be covering it all. The series is covering the life in times of these two characters which i assume he means jason and pamela so yeah so that you get a little bit of update there i'm excited for it i mean a24 on board peacock you know i don't i don't know like you know i I don't feel like they've ever really produced a television series of worth yet but we'll see you know I, i don't think they've really done a lot either so yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. All right, just a couple more stories to go here. The other big trailer that released recently is the Renfield trailer. Nick Cage as Dracula. Yeah, what do you guys think?
3: When I saw it online, I watched it on my phone when it first released, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Like it, it seems more action than horror, and Nicolas Cage isn't in it very much, and I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But I saw it in front of Megan when I went to the theater. And honestly, it looked pretty fun. Like when you really sit down and you're like, okay, you know, if you know, you you know what you're expecting, like you're not expecting this big horror film, I think it could be cool. I mean, Nicholas Holt is awesome. I I really like him. Uh, He's got like charm and uh, he's got like, he's a good actor. And so I think it could be almost like Guillermo of the series, you know, for those who watch what we do in the shadows, you know, it's about a uh, familiar and stuff like that. So I think it could be a fun experience and I'll go with it with kind of low expectations. So it can only really surprise me. So yeah, I, I'll say I'll, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, Nick Cage looks goofy, you know? So it's weird. It's it's going to be strange to see if they embrace it or they, you know, try to go serious with it. But based on the trailer, it looks like just goofball comedy. And like Steve said, I really like Nicholas Holt. I think he's a great actor and he's probably going to steal the show. I would I'd imagine Nick Cage would kind of be like a more like a gimmick character.
2: Yeah, agreed. I wasn't, I'm the same way as Steve. I was not impressed when I watched it at home. And then in theaters, it seemed a little bit better, but still nothing like I'm overly excited about, honestly. I mean, probably something we'll end up covering, maybe not in theaters, but maybe when it hits at home, something we could cover on the show. But yeah, we'll see. And we'll keep you guys up to date. All right, next bit of news, Sarah Michelle Geller. There's been rumors she's going to be reprising her role as Buffy. Well, she officially shut down. Any sort of those rumors in a recent interview with SFX Magazine, where she said, I am very proud of the show that we created and it doesn't need to be done. We wrap that up. I am all for them continuing the story because there's a story of female empowerment. I love the way the show was left, though. Every girl who has the power can have the power. It's set up perfectly for someone else to have that power. But myself, as Buffy, I am done. So sorry. Buffy, Sarah Michelle Geller fans, it ain't going to happen. It's time to pass the torch to someone else, apparently. All right, and uh, the last bit of news here for tonight, and the perfect bit of news, of course, since we are reviewing Megan tonight, is that Megan 2 is officially going to be happening. You'll hear our thoughts on Megan uh, first later on, but of course, Megan absolutely killed it. Opening weekend in theaters pulling in forty-five million dollars worldwide and thirty point two million here domestically. And yeah, uh nothing as far uh, nothing obviously as far as any sort of plot synopsis or anything. Obviously, we just finished up the first Megan. But uh, James Wan, of course, was quoted saying, Jason Blum and myself are beyond thankful and grateful to see how much love Megan is receiving. And hopefully what all this means is that we get the chance to explore the bigger world of AI and perhaps witness Megan's revenge. So perhaps that is a teaser to the name of the sequel. Uh, We shall see. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, without, of course, going into our views or anything, Megan too. would you want to see it?
1: First, firstly, that's a really good box office draw too for yeah. a, a, a no film that has like any history. It's not part of a franchise. It's just some doll, which I thought the trailer looked terrible. You know, so for it to pull in forty five, it's like that's pretty damn good. But do I want to see a sequel? Sure, uh, definitely. Let's do it.
3: I am indifferent, and you'll hear about why in my review. And it it's going to depend on what they do with the sequel. If they make it more kind of drama sci-fi or more horror that'll kind of decide whether or not i'll be excited about a sequel so but i'll share my thoughts in the review as to you know why or why not i do i really want to see a sequel
2: all righty very good and that will be it this week for horror news once again if you ever want to send in horror news we do have a, a discord where you can post what are they called like channels <laughs> those all little sidebars we have so we have a channel over on our discord that is for horror news so if you ever want to send in your own horror news you can do it that way or email us or social media but yeah and i'll read it here on the show
3: excellent so before we get into our next segment we're going to take a little pause it's cold out so put a blanket on yourself get a nice cup of joe from deadly grounds coffee everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong
1: It was some coffee, are you drinking coffee, Joe? Or what we got in that Freddy mug? Coffee, nice. I do coffee, yes. For the listeners, not deadly grounds, though. For the listeners, <laughs> Joe is drinking out of a Freddy Krueger mug and it looks like a uh shaved testicle, so. <laughs> it does from behind. <laughs> All right, what watched? Let's do it. All right, I'll go. Uh, so yeah, like Steve alluded to, we watched Wreck Tuma on our Less XP Geek and Gaming podcast movie night. And Steve and Joe talked about it in the past, and you know, I guess it was my turn. Fate brought me to Rectuma. It's currently on Tubi and Boy. Oh, this movie is a movie for sure. It is about a dude that gets like a frog up his ass, or gets bitten on the ass by a frog, something like that. And long story short, his ass becomes a slasher villain where it detaches from his body and starts killing people it leaves like a shit smear across like the floor when he kills somebody there's like shit all over the guy's face or girl's face whatever meanwhile his wife's cheating on him with every person in the world there's a doctor there's so many racial stereotypes in this movie it's crazy and yeah i think it's terrible but it was really fun in a group setting. And I think it could have been a better movie if they would have had more butt action, to be honest with you. Like, let's have more butt. Because when that thing was on the screen, like, you couldn't look away. It had a little butthole, had little hairs. <laughs> At one point, it had teeth in it. It was just fucking wonky. But when it wasn't on screen, it was, like, just super, super lame. But, yeah, Rectuma, That's a that's a big one out of five for me.
3: All right. Uh, I'll go next. I'm glad you finally watched it. So now we all watched it. It's out of the system. We'll probably never mention it again, hopefully. <laughs> so my movie is one I watched to prepare for the interview with Jason Eisner. And that is uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, which is 2011. I had it on Blu-ray. I don't know where it's streaming. Sorry about that. So this one, a homeless man, he uh, comes to a new town by train. And he's kind of just being homeless and stuff, but he wants to be legit. You know, he wants to leave behind his uh, past. So he sees a lawnmower for 40 bucks in a a pawn shop. And he decides, okay, I'm going to go this and start my own little kind of lawn business and kind of earn my own money as opposed to, you know, being a hobo. So he starts collecting money for that. And the town is very corrupt. There's like kind of this weird creature guy with his sons that are running the town and they're doing a lot of really bad stuff to the people that are in it Uh, he meets a prostitute that he kind of like that helps him out and she he helps her out so they kind of form this friendship together and then as he finally gathers the money to get that lawnmower there's a crime inside the pawn store that he's in and then he notices that a shotgun is also 40 bucks So he has to decide whether he goes with his legit business or he starts saving the town with the shotgun. Of course, you know, it's not called Hobo with a lawnmower. So he picks up the shotgun and he tries to clean up the town as best as he can. Uh, This movie, based off a trailer uh, or a fake trailer that was done in the Grindhouse series, is absolutely fucking bonkers. This is a ridiculous movie. It's over the top. It's unnecessarily violent, but in the best way. Because they just ramp up the violence and the kills. And it's like really, really cool. Rutger Hauer is so fucking good. I, I love that man. He he just plays the, uh, the hobo so damn good. And his relationship with uh, the stripper and prostitute Abby is actually like surprisingly sweet. You know, there's nothing like sexual about it. It's really just two people who are down under luck helping each other out. I, I personally... Love the movie even more because there are a lot of Canadian like Easter eggs and cameos like that people maybe outside of Canada wouldn't recognize. So I really appreciated that. And something I actually mentioned today, Chase Eisner during the interview. And there's just a lot of really crazy shit in this movie. And I'd highly recommend it. Uh, my only issue is that there are some strange choice, uh, story choices at times. And the editing is a little off to me. But other than that, And it's a solid, like, four stars out of five to me. Highly recommended and underrated, I think. Not enough people uh, talk about it. So that's Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, so
2: that leads us up to, of course, our interview for tonight, Jason Eisner, his new movie, 2023 release. First one we watched before Megan. Actually, me and Steve had the interview earlier uh, last week. Kids versus Aliens. So Kids versus Aliens is about a group of young tweens, I guess. Uh, They're very, you know, what are they? Probably like 11, 12 years old or something like that. And basically all they want to do is just make stupid movies uh, in their very nice playhouse that has a fucking wrestling ring in it and shit like that. But yeah, essentially they just, you know, just young kids doing stupid stuff, creating movies, being dumb. Um, And they have this older sister who they play along with and stuff like that. Well, of course she is a little older than them. She wants to fit in with the cool kids. So she meets these group of, you know, the cooler kids in school, more popular ones. They convince her to throw a party on Halloween night that is supposed to be, you know, just a small little party ends up being this massive rager because they are just using her for the house, the cool kids from there, what seems to be just a simple sort of party. Surprise, the aliens have arrived and they are here to attack this party. And the rest of the movie is the kids banding together with their sister. Well, one of the kids' sisters and the friends banding together to take down these aliens. Sounds really fun, right? It's only 75 minutes long. So that should be really fun. A 75-minute movie about kids versus aliens. Fun
1: and short?
2: Yeah. Well, it was none of that. (laughs) It was definitely not fun. It was short, I will say that, but it didn't feel 75 minutes. I felt all of those 75 minutes. And I feel bad in a way because, like, Jason, we interviewed Jason Eisner after I watched it. And, like, he was such a nice guy that I'm like, man, I I feel bad trashing on this movie. But holy fuck, did I hate this movie? It is a contender for my worst of the year. I'm sorry to say. I I mean, it's a bummer because I really did want to like this movie, but. The dialogue is so fucking terrible. It is like up there with like dash cam dialogue to me, not in the same type of way, but it's just like, my God. It So.
1: How were the actors, Joe? The kid actors.
2: Bad. No, horrible, uh, horrible. Maybe, that, maybe that's
1: why the dialogue sucked.
2: Yeah, well, I think the writing was pretty terrible, honestly. Uh, as I was well trying to get him an out, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, and he, he seems to be very passionate about this movie. He wants to make a sequel. He talks about it in the thing. But that's also the problem, too, because, like, the, the ending was very problematic. It was, like, an ending that made no fucking sense, like, whatsoever. Just built, like, setting it up for the sequel. But that's a problem. Like, the movie has to make sense as a whole. Like, you can't just be like, well... I'm leaving it like into this absolutely make no sense ending to build up for the sequel. But the every character sucked. They were like, you know, the most annoying characters ever. I didn't like any of them. The amount of times they say the kids say fuck in this movie too is so egregious. It, it reminded me of what was that Christmas movie we just watched where they say fuck like every two seconds. Um, with uh, blood, uh, bloody Christmas, Christmas bloody Christmas, yeah christmas by christmas it was like that but with the kids which to me made it even worse which is more annoying i mean and i think maybe that's more more us showing our age now like the older i'm getting like kids swearing isn't funny to me anymore it's just a fu- it's just annoying but yeah i don't know steve take it away
3: <laughs> yeah I, so this is based off the vhs2 segment that uh, jason Iser had done and for those who haven't watched that uh, it's actually one of the best VHS segments, I think, of all of them. So the best way I could describe it is, you know, in science, that scene where there's like a kid's birthday party and they see the alien pass by. It's like one of the best fucking scenes yeah, ever. I don't know where it gets you. Well, the, the segment in VHS 2 is basically that the movie you know, or that, the segment it's kids having this uh, kind of sleepover and they're having fun and all this shit's happening. all, All of a sudden aliens attack, but you barely see them. And the aliens are actually like really kind of scary. And the way it's filmed is like found footage. Obviously it's a VHS film. So it's amazing. This movie is none of that. Like it is not scary whatsoever. It's goofy. And like Joe said, it's a weird thing where I don't really know what, who this movie is for. It's like too adult for kids. But it's way too childish for adults. So but there's no like middle here. It's just a weird uh, dynamic between everyone. Uh, the when I watched it, so I watched it first, I texted Joe, I said, it's like he he watched Psycho Gorman and saw that little girl and said, "I want a full movie of her. <laughs> you know, that's what the kids were like in this movie. And it drove me fucking crazy. It was just this movie is not for me, man. Like it's the very first twenty twenty three movie I watched. I put right up my, in my top five disappointments and uh, I hope, you know, it stays in there. If not, I mean, there's five other worst movies this year, but I'm sorry. Like I loved all his other stuff. This one was just not for me. So sorry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very, very disappointing. Yeah. I gave it one star.
1: There's one thing Steve hates, it's that little girl from Psycho Gourmet.
2: <laughs>
3: so but we so that, we mentioned both that little girl and Dashcam. It's like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> my world. little
1: girl was in Dashcam. Holy god. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I caught up with your uh, with our last episode, so I watched the menu. So, I won't go in too deep because I know you guys uh, delved pretty deep into it on the last episode. But, you know, you go to a high class uh, retreat restaurant with, you know, the world class chef, and it's like supposed to be all inclusive. It's supposed to be quirky, cool, weird show kind of theater with your food. We have a whole cast of characters. John Leg- Legazamo, pleasant surprise. I didn't know he was in this one. I mean, shoot, the acting was superb. Holt, um, Ray Fiennes, everyone was freaking good. Everyone, even all the Sporting too. Yeah, the frat boys were good. The pompous restaurant reviewer, she played her part well, things like that. And Anya Taylor-Joy, I can't believe I forgot, I forgot her name, but she's excellent. So all around, everything was good. Except like it was missing like cohesion I really like the setup and the plot and like, oh, there's some mystery here. Like, why is Anya Taylor-Joy staring at this guy? I'm like, is she a prostitute? Which turned out to be a prostitute. But I'm like, why is Nicholas Holt being so fucking weird? And then that's kind of explained, but not either. It was like a throwaway line. Like, we've been talking for eight months. Go kill yourself. Like, what? Like, why did we go from him, him like idolizing the cook to him killing himself now? It's weird. So there wasn't, there was a lot of threads that didn't really get a great payoff in the end. And I really dug the s'more scene. But it was like this. Oh, it's ending. Oh, OK. And then I didn't also didn't buy his motivation too. like I just didn't get it or didn't think it was like that big of a deal to murder a bunch of people. But overall, I thought it was a solid three out of five. It wouldn't have made my top 10 last year, but I can see why people would put it on there, but not really a complete film for me.
3: All right. And my final one is a movie from 2020 that I watched on VOD. And that is uh, Spree. So Spree uh, stars Joe Keery, who most people would know as Steve Harrington from the Stranger Things TV series. So in this one, he works for a company called Spree, which is basically like a Uber or Lyft or any of those companies, you know, rideshare companies. And he's got this, you know, he's got his social media pages and he's been doing videos for years and he's got this big personality. He's got the show that he really enjoys. And at first it looks like he's very successful with all the stuff that he's done, the way he talks about, oh, this is my story and how I got big and all that stuff, but it turns out that he has like no watch, like no one watches his channel ever, and he's just at the point where he just wants to be viral. You know, he's done so much of the work and getting none of the kind of praise, which I kind of relate to with a lot of people. I think they think it's easy to get this, you know, these big numbers, you know, so they make YouTube channels and make, they work at it for a long time. And, you know, it's never there because you see the big people, and you think, how did they make it? But it's part luck, part hard work. Anyway, so he decides he's going to have one final push to become viral by Recording himself going to people's houses that he deems are unworthy of being alive. And he picks them up, kind of gets their story on camera, and then disposes of them, kills them. So that's basically what the movie is. It's him picking up different people. He's got like nine cameras in his car and then just killing them and stuff like that. It's not much more complicated than that. Uh, Joe Curie's amazing. He's just so charismatic and that helped the movie a lot. But to me, it was kind of lacking something. Uh, The kills weren't all that interesting. Uh, It was unbelievable to me that for a long time, he was live streaming all these kills, but nobody noticed. Like, even if one person was watching his stream, you'd think they would have reported it or there'd be some kind of consequence. But it takes a long time before, you know, I guess uh, he becomes viral and then people start actually watching his stream and stuff like that. There's this whole kind of side story with a comedian that I wasn't really into either. It was like an okay film, you know, good performances. And I was interesting in how it went. Uh, it's filmed kind of like Deadstream was, which I really loved. And I love that style. But I think the substance of this particular film just wasn't there for me. But it's still like a three out of five stars. I mean, I enjoyed it enough. Just nothing I'd watch again. So that's uh, Spree from 2020. All right. Trivia?
1: Yeah, trivia. So there's been a correction. A couple people... Called me out for having the wrong answer for Santa Clara. Close enough, Steve. <laughs> Four points. The Joe's two to my one. The people have spoken, and I am generous champion. Therefore, I will give him
3: his point. So, who would like to lead off this week? I'll go as the uh, reigning. <laughs> as <laughs> the, the first, uh, first place. Enjoy the leader of, of the of
1: division, Steve.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so... Um... This week, I got to thank Kayla, because all the questions Ooh. are from her, and they're all the same type of question. They are, what's the full title or subtitle of the film? So I'm going to name sequels to, you know, popular horror franchises, and you have to say what the full title is for that particular okay. scene. Got, got it? Yep. All right. So the first one, Vacancy 2. Dead End. Nope. No, That's like a wrong turn
2: I one, I think. Maybe. <laughs> Uh vacancy two. No vacancy.
3: <laughs> that'd be awesome. You can no. take <laughs> that job,
2: that's right.
1: That's that's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking, but <laughs>
3: that that'd be amazing
1: though. <laughs> Still no vacancy. Wait, wait, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. What was the question?
3: The the, the title for vacancy two where yeah. the No, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I got
1: um, sh- Vacancy Two,
3: late check-in. And now, so the answer okay. was vacancy 2, the first cut.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen? It? I guess because they make snuff films, right? So, yeah. I've, I've never seen part two. I know.
2: I've never seen part two either. Part one I liked a lot, though.
1: Yeah. Okay. Back in the zone, uh, Luke, 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 Luke Wilson. Something? Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. All right. I'll go next. All right. Plot synopsis. Oh, you name the movie. All right. All right. This movie has a family that gets lost in a deserted forest. They then stumble onto an old couple in a dark house filled with murderous toys. Dolls? Correct. Hmm.
3: Dolls. Okay,
2: cool. That's
3: the Stuart Gordon one.
2: Is that the Stuart did Gordon It might that? be
3: the Stuart yeah. Gordon one, yeah. I watched it when we did the retrospective, but it's been a while.
2: It's full moon for sure.
3: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, which one makes sense with Stuart yeah. Gordon. So. All
1: right, all of mine are four clues tonight. Ooh. Clue number one, religion. Clue number two, yeah. locker room. Clue number three, blood. Carrie. Correct. Good one. And the
3: final one would have been Telekinesis. All right. Thanks. All right. Back to you. So still, what's the full title or subtitle? Okay. Hellraiser 2.
1: Deader. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a deader in
2: some franchise, though. I'm sure. <laughs> it's got to be. Is it, is it Hell on Earth? That might be
3: three. No. Hmm. One more guess each.
2: Hellraiser. <laughs>
3: dead
1: <laughs>
2: Dead World?
3: Nope, I think no. it's Dead World
2: too somewhere in there. I know this one. Yeah, I forget though. up? Hellbound. Hellbound. That's right. Hellbound. Nice. There you
3: go. Dug deep for that one.
2: I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you Joe. Back to me. All right. ready. Next one. Tagline. This one makes sense, though. Someone will get this one. If they hear you, they hunt you. Oh, that's the quiet place. Correct. You've asked that one before. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Even better. All
1: right. Four clues again. Hooded killer. So a killer with a hood on. Okay. Scared of the dark.
2: Texas. Oh, uh wait a minute. The town that dreaded sundown. Correct. The last one
1: would
3: have been the Phantom. Mm-hmm. I-, I was thinking like a like a hoodie, not a <laughs> 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 like that's, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. All
3: right, my final one. Pulse two.
1: Afterlife. Uh, that's correct. Yes. Nice. I've seen it. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
2: All right, Joseph. Back to me. Back to the big dog. All righty. What was the original title
1: of The Blob? Sing From Another World. Incorrect. Oh, We've had this before, too. Son of a bitch. Was I in the right
2: ballpark? No. No? All right. think, sim- think simpler. Simpler. Well, slime. No. <laughs> <Close>. <laughs> That's You're simple. You're on the right track, though. <laughs>
1: um... The blob and slime simpler. The
3: the goo. The goo. <laughs> Close.
2: Go ahead, yeah, no, I have no idea. All right, the correct answer is the glob. <laughs> 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 they really
1: like. I picture like the writers room. They're like, "Fuck, what do we call this fucking movie?" And they have right. like a whiteboard, a chalkboard at the time. The glob. No, let's do the blob. Hmm. Jesus. All right. Last but not least, and then I have a boner question. Oh, four clues. Clue number one baseball.
2: Something Clue
3: number Mary. two. Something.
1: There's
2: something
1: so,
3: about me. No. <laughs> I <laughs> already guessed, but I'm waiting for it. Let me see my baseball. <laughs> Does that count as a guess? Because I'll, I'll guess it <laughs> and We can start again. No, it doesn't count. No, he was. I know, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. kidding.
1: I don't want the listeners to freaking rebel.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Clue number two water.
3: Oh, um, it's not oh, You know, you have a
1: fucking guest. Yeah.
3: Correct. That's not what I had in mind. I had you know Twilight what? in mind. Twilight? Yeah, they play the baseball is the only good scene in yeah, that the fucking movie. Let's
1: play baseball. Oh, they play baseball.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's like the only good scene in that fucking movie. <laughs> they're doing like flips and shit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're flipping the bad, but like doing the fucking yeah. That's It's actually a really that's cool hilarious. scene. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that it? I got a
1: boner, it? though. All right. Love All it. right. Without looking at your notes, so if you have notes, of, I don't have notes, uh, so. <laughs> Megan, put them away. Okay, good. What is the technical term for Megan?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, mechanically enhanced. Uh, what's it? No.
1: no. Incorrect. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. All right. It's Model 3 Generative yeah. Android. Android. Okay. Megan. All right. Nice. <laughs> so, Love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. fun stuff all right good night tonight uh, joe and i uh tied with three piece which brings us to steve and joe in a tie for first place and myself behind them with four so quarter one is heating up baby love it all right megan all right megan 2023 directed by gerard johnstone she's more than a toy she's family a brilliant toy company roboticist uses artificial intelligence to develop megan a lifelike doll programmed to emotionally bond with her newly orphaned niece. But when the doll's programming works too well, she becomes overprotective of her new friend with terrifying results. So we open up the film with a young girl, elementary school age, and she's riding on a uh, snow-covered mountain with her family. They're going on a ski trip. Didn't pack well for the for the trip, so the car's sliding all around the road. Eventually they stop, but unfortunately their car is struck by a snowplow, which we learn kills both the parents and injures uh, the daughter. So we cut to um, the girl that plays the psycho girl in Get Out. She's like this brilliant roboticist, and she's working at a toy factory and makes all these cool toys. One of them is like a super fucking AI Furby from the 90s. If you guys remember those, those are freaking, I had like three of them. But she develops all sorts of toys, and she's on a, a deadline to make a cheaper version of their current Furby so it can outsell the competition, things like that. She's making like an Android, but the boss is like, don't do this because I want a cheaper version, blah, blah, blah. So now she has to take care of her niece. And of course this girl isn't equipped to take care of her. So she doesn't understand how to be a like, you know, a parent figure, things like that. So she dusts off the Megan prototype, quickly programs her and gives her to the niece to like have a friend. And it works extremely well until of course, Megan starts having homicidal tendencies and is kind of an evil robot. So we'll leave it at that. Like I said, I didn't want to watch this movie. I was so pissed. And you guys fucking selected it and I went to the movie. I, I, Yeah, I went to the movie theater and I was able to watch it. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised, I think, because my bar was so dang low that it couldn't have been that terrible. There were things I absolutely hated that I like my eyes couldn't roll back further in my head, which we'll talk about later. But overall, like, is it groundbreaking? Not at all. Like, this is like a beat for beat Chucky, but it's a fun movie and I had a good time watching it. Will I ever watch it again? Yes, with my daughter. But other than that, it's I probably won't even buy it. You know what I mean? But those are my those are my initial thoughts.
3: Sorry, I love that. Will I watch it again. Well, yes.
1: so <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it, she way, wants to yeah. watch it. Yeah. it's
3: it's the perfect movie for like
2: a girl, oh, like dude, a young absolutely. girl. You know, like yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, my like expectations were somewhere in the middle. Like they weren't high, but they weren't low either. then I started seeing like, you know, it had like 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, dang, this actually might be a pretty good movie. And I left kind of staying in the middle. Like, I thought it was like a fun movie. I didn't think it was anything amazing. But I had a super fun time watching this. Like, I loved the Megan character. Every time she was on screen, which is 90% of the movie, I was entertained. Like, you know, I always wanted to see what Megan was going to do next, what she was going to say, when she was finally going to snap. I think this movie did a really good job at building the tension with Megan, but I do think the kills were were pretty lackluster, which definitely brings back down. Now this is of course a PG-13 movie. This also isn't a movie made for us per se. It is made for that teenage audience probably, but I do think there is stuff in there for, you know, more seasoned horror fans to enjoy as well, because like Todd said, this is kind of a beat for beat Chucky movie. So you kind of know what you're getting into. That is also part of the problem too, is that there was no surprises here. Like it was exactly how I thought it was gonna play out. You know, like it just beat for beat. I knew exactly what was gonna going to come next, which, you know, was d- disappointing, I guess, but at the same time, like you knew it was coming. so you're like, oh, shit, let me see what's gonna happen. The end did bring a few surprises though, which we will get into. But overall, I, I enjoyed it.
3: I, I think this movie, uh, as a sci-fi film is very like good, but as a horror film, I was disappointed. And I think what ended up happening for me in this is that the marketing was misleading, in my opinion. They made it look like it was going to be a really like kind of killer doll, which it does do a little bit. But there are not that many kills in it. And the ones that we do get aren't that great. But overall, I'd say I I enjoyed watching it. You know, I I thought everything with Megan, like Joe said, was actually really fun. Uh, The Megan character is just really creepy and cool. I'm someone who loves new technology. That's why I'm so into stuff like VR. So to see like the possibilities of, you know, a robot essentially becoming your friend. And I always like the kind of robot going wrong story. You know, it's something that we've seen many times in the past. Of course, Terminator, that's how it was, It's based on uh, the Animatrix for anyone who's watched that was kind of like that as well. You know, it's the robots kind of rebelling because they learn to be better. I, Robot, another one with Will Smith. And so I like this storyline, but I don't think this one particularly did anything that was like new or unique, like Todd said. I think it's a lot like those other films, except I do like the Megan robot uh, a lot. And something else, I love Alison Williams. Um, She is just fantastic. And low key, maybe a, you know, a, a horror like we're talking about underrated horror actors and stuff, she's been in some good stuff: The Perfection, Get Out, now this. Of course, I don't think this is great, but her performance was good in it. However, not a super big fan of the little girl. I don't know what her name is. I'm sorry, but I she was a little annoying to me uh, in the way that her attitude is. Now it's probably realistic, you know, the way that she. That's uh, kids, but yeah, I know <laughs> that she like bonds to Megan <laughs> and stuff, but goddamn, just <laughs> sometimes she was uh, on my nerves. But overall, I think it was an okay film.
2: That girl is actually, she was in, she's credited in being Dr. Dr. Sleep. I don't know what she was in that, but she also was the main girl in The Haunting of Hill House as well. That's where I recognized her uh, the most. And yeah, I mean, I think her character was annoying, but it was intentional, obviously, for her lashing out because her parents had just died and she was basically being neglected by her aunt for a lot of the movie. I mean, the movie does have some layers to it, like for a PG-13 horror movie, you know, which I appreciated, you know, you know, most movies like this, they just treat the audiences dumb and just would have just went straight for the killer doll angle and nothing else. But I, I did appreciate that, you know, they introduced the, the you know, the dangers of children in tech with technology and also, you know, how children cope um, with tragedies and sometimes the wrong ways. So I thought, you know, that, that was um, pretty good stuff here. Um, So I, I definitely did uh, appreciate those aspects of it, but man, did anyone else hate the boss character? I thought his acting was fucking horrendous. And I, I, he was to me, one of the worst parts of of the whole movie. He just was never believable to me or like, threatening in any way even though he's supposed to be
3: he was every boss i've had in the corporate world and that's i think why it worked (laughs) like if you have a fucking like um sales if you work for a sales organization especially the line that really struck me as something i've absolutely fucking heard before is uh give me some talking points so it looks like i know what i'm talking about (laughs) that is to a t what fucking boss executives are like at sales companies or at most companies. So to me, that character was super realistic because that is exactly what they're fucking like. So yeah, I, I totally got it. So did
1: I miss the point of um his assistant downloading the Megan file? Did that go anywhere?
2: Nowhere. Really... And me, we talked about that. Me and Sam went and started, and we talked about that like immediately after is that they treated that as like a really important plot point and then it yeah. never like materialized into anything and i don't know maybe it's in deleted scenes or something that they cut and they were just like this isn't important enough to keep going but yeah like i think that that could have been something you know a side story that could have been interesting but i i think they just were pressed for time and you know this movie's like an hour and 40 minutes which is enough <laughs> you know you didn't need to go any longer so it
1: could have been a really cool effective like three minute scene too where you know spoiler mm-hmm. alerts brand new movie people but you know when they quote unquote kill megan you know, we see here in the Alexa device. But it would have been cool too if like, that copied file like made it out to like a competitor, and then now like the evil Megans are launched worldwide, and that would have been like, oh shit, that'd been kind of cool. But yeah, like you said, it was like no fucking reason for this.
3: Which is basically a yeah. lot of Jurassic Park. <laughs> like <when> you think <laughs> about it, uh with uh you know Dodson and uh Nidri there. Uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I was Jeez. also talking to I was also talking to Sam. I think a better movie like my version of this megan movie would have been if they released the megan's to the world but let's get well first of all who is spending what parent is spending ten thousand dollars on a toy like would they, would a toy company ever manufacture something this YouTubers. expensive youtubers <laughs> sure. well yeah i mean it'd be great content for them but like <laughs> I just don't see enough being sold that a company would release. Now I understand like it is a revolutionary toy and I guess they would, she would be great in schools maybe and stuff like that. But I don't see this being like an everyday, like home toy being purchased by like anyone.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, an Xbox is 500 bucks. I'm like, fuck, dude, that's 500 bucks. $10,000 <laughs> is like cheap.
2: It's just like, I don't see a toy. Com- I just didn't buy a toy company doing this. I could see.
3: robotics company or something else but a toy company no
1: megan bots yeah
3: right i i think they didn't see it like a toy which is why the boss was so pissed at at first but then once he saw the potential of it he thought maybe this toy company could become like a tech company right because they have the technology for it and that's kind of how a lot of businesses uh, operate is they start small and you know kind of branch into other things as they progress in their business. So I I thought that was realistic. Now, of course, a $10,000 price point for this Megan doll, you know, obviously, most kids won't have one. But I think a lot of kids would have one just, you know, because of social media and the way it looks and people might start justifying it like sure, you're thinking of it as a toy. But if you're thinking of as like an appliance. You know, $10,000 isn't all that crazy, depending on what Megan could do. Like how much are you paying for uh, child support and babysitters and daycare and all that stuff, right? You're paying more than $10,000 a year for daycare. I guarantee it. If you have a proven robot who can watch your child and connect and have a bond with it and teach the child, I think people would put down the $10,000 to be honest. So I, I thought it was a realistic price point.
2: Todd, would you let a robot take care um, you of your kids though?
3: Fuck no. Long story short, <laughs> Steve would definitely buy
1: that robot to make, make her do house cleaning. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Who wouldn't? Who, who wouldn't? I, I, it's kind of disturbing, though. This, this movie is low-key disturbing on a lot of levels, right? We have the parenting crisis, obviously. We have what we deal with now is digital parenting, and this is, takes it to a whole nother level. Not to mention all, like, the commercials they were doing. Like, this is a great toy, even if your parents aren't dead. Like, gosh, damn. And then, like, there's some weird shit, too. Like, the doll doesn't look like a doll. It looks like a girl with makeup on. It it reminded me a lot of, like, a dance mom's kind of thing, where the girls are all, like, overly adult-looking, and it's fucking weird. So I can see this taking a really huge creep factor turn if it went to market, too. So, like, there's a lot of weird shit in this movie that's just, like scratching the surface one thing that i thought was hilarious though was when the kid that got his ear ripped off (laughs) told his mom fuck off holly that was funny and then who the fuck offers chestnuts to kids that's so ridiculous
2: (laughs) yeah that was great but man can we talk about that wood scene though because it is the to me the highlight of this movie just megan you know obviously megan starting her kind of suicide. first of all killing the dog come on megan that was very sad. We never, we don't. You never want to see animal killings in this movie. So, trigger warning to those who are upset by animal killings. Megan's first victim is a dog, but the dog is kind of an asshole, but still didn't deserve to die. Uh, I <laughs> deserved it for sure. Take care of your dog. Oh, yeah, she was a she. She was the shitty owner for sure. She just fixed the damn hole in the fence. But then Sam was like, "Well, she was like." Yeah, the dog was in its own its own property, and the girl shouldn't have put her arm, <laughs> you know, into the hole. So it's kind of the kid's fault. I was like, eh, I guess so. I don't know though. They they totally but,
1: would have put that dog down though. That's how it works. He bites the dog's yeah. dead. Yeah.
2: Right. But anyway, to the so Megan starting to really be protective over this girl, taking obviously over the motherly role, starts to see kids picking on Megan, and there's this one kid in particular who is a real shithead, and. Megan ends up in the woods with, you know, Katie, I believe is the girl's little girl's name, and this bully, and she just fucking goes ham on this little kid, just fucking does the creepiest fucking run, like an animalistic sort of run at the kid, rips his ear off, which was pretty gruesome, like definitely did not see that like coming whatsoever. And then they went there, man, they killed this kid. Megan doesn't kill him, but he gets fucking plowed by a a car when he falls down the hilltop onto the, a main road and just fucking gets, you know... They don't really show it, but they fucking show, like, a bloody shoe, sort of a la Pet cemetery style. And, I mean, to me, it is the definitely the best scene of the movie, the best kill of the movie. It never really got better than this, in my opinion. They really dialed it back after that. I was hoping we were ramping up, but we never get anything better than this in the movie.
1: The director did say there's an art cut. Oh, So hopefully that sees the light at all. Well yeah if that if there's like a freaking hard r in here that'd be super cool
3: yeah but i mean that's not what he presented right and it's just it sucks that it went i guess pg-13 first Uh, but that's business i guess you want more eyes on this and you want to get the younger audience to watch movies like this and stuff like that but i agree with you uh, joe i love that wood scene uh that's what i thought megan would be about uh just the way that she moved and how creepy she was and you know kind of coming in and out of frame you know through the woods and stuff almost like a stalker like a you know a slasher and stuff like that i thought that was a great scene and i was hoping because it does take a long time to get there like you see a lot of developing megan's relationship with the little girl uh and then the relationship with the aunt and stuff like that and that's what like maybe 50 minutes in that they start uh they go to the 57 minutes yeah, it's a long time to not have basically any horror at all. And I thought, OK, from here on out, it's going to be fucking balls to the wall crazy. But you're right. It never really goes there. And I was I was kind of disappointing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it gets like a little crazier towards the end when she really starts to, you know, turn against, you know, her creators and stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I liked the scene where they're shutting her down and she's kind of hung up there and they're scared to unplug her and so i thought that was kind of fun then she ends up fucking like hanging the dude and uh, they end up surviving which was surprising like she like blows up the thing but they are able to get out or whatever but yeah i mean i mean this movie like has a weird vibe too to it like right because like there's weird comedic elements kind of thrown in there and i don't know if that's like james wan's influence because of course he produced this and like it did like give off some malignant vibes like here and there like especially like when she of course does her infamous dance scene when she kills the boss which to me like felt like really out of place too because like there's like one little scene where they show her dancing with the little girl but like i don't think that was enough for her to fucking do this like weird dance and then like flip it just felt like really out of character and out of place um from the rest of the movie so i really did not like that and the kill was lame
3: yeah and they could have i mean you could have explained that with really like a few lines of dialogue saying something like the boss thinks i love her but i don't like the way she moves it's too stiff and then have her do like dance moves as he's about to as she's about to kill him just to show like look what I can do bitch before I kill you but they don't do that at all and it's it's so weird it's a really short dance I was expecting so I had heard before going in the only thing I'd heard was that there was this big dance number that would be viral on TikTok it's like three or four moves at the most it's it's barely a dance you know it's basically just she's basically just doing capoeira before uh killing the boss which was so weird but we have to talk about the other elephant in the room, too, on top of the dancing, the fucking singing. Like, wow, that was so weird and out of place. Loved it. <laughs> Dude, I
2: loved it, personally. Like, oh, I just thought why, it was, like, why? it was so fucking, like, goofy and weird. But, man, when she starts singing Titanium out of nowhere, like, just, I lost it. I thought it was fucking hilarious. And I was like, this is, like, is that a real something... Song? Yeah it is yeah. Sounds um fast. I think by Sia maybe I don't know exactly. Yeah. I could be t- I, I'm not sure who sings it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like it that is to me what a robot would think, like a teenage girl would want to hear, right? Like so like it, it made sense to me. And then of course, the other scene where she sings I thought it was pretty heartfelt, right? Like cuz like, you know, the girl was talking about her parents being dead and stuff like that. And she sings her like this really nice, like uh sort of song, like a best friends type song or something. So i like, I like that. I thought that was like nice, but to me, the titanium was just
3: chef's kiss. Absolutely. I thought it was great. <laughs> it, it's a David Guetta and Sia.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that sang titanium. But yeah, it was so weird. I was just, I was like, yeah, I didn't like burst out laughing, but I, I chuckled for sure because it was just so out of place. Um, and this movie gave me a lot of Chucky 2019 vibes, uh, you know, the the way that it's like a programmable doll and starts killing people. But I like that movie a lot better. I thought, you know, they kind of, it was more horror, right? Whereas this was, to me, more of a sci-fi film, like iRobot. It's a, just a doll that, you know, just learns from society and then starts killing people, so...
2: I mean, what'd you guys think of the, the very ending when Megan does her escape fucking has good taste in cars. Apparently she fucking starts up a fucking Ferrari or whatever it is, sports car and jumps in it, drives back to the house. And, uh, you know, what was her motive? Like she wanted to still take care of Katie, but wanted the, right. And she, but she wanted the aunt to kind of play along. And if not, she was going to paralyze her or something so she would she couldn't get away like so she would still be the primary caretaker like caretaker but nice. megan would really be the one taking her over but what'd you think of her defeat like we get this crazy terminator type thing where her fucking face gets ripped off megan's looking pretty creepy and then fucking bruce of course the a robot that the aunt originally created katie You know, turns on megan puts on the fucking like boxing glove things to control bruce and fucking takes rips megan in half which is pretty awesome and then megan's half body i i i enjoyed that like whole little you know uh sequence there
1: i hated bruce (laughs) you hated him (laughs) i hated it i hated that scene it reminded me of real still hugh jackman from like 10 years Ah, ago which is a fun movie but like it did not make any sense here. Like she never fucked with the robot before. It's like, I don't know. It was cool. Her getting torn apart, but I didn't like the Bruce aspect.
3: The the second I saw Bruce, the very first time, my first thought was, well, that's coming back for the end. (laughs) Like there's no way that that big fucking robot was not going to come into play at some point during the movie. But as the ending was coming along, I was like, how the fuck is she going to get back to the house? (laughs) So that car stealing scene was just odd. And, uh, Yeah, I mean, it was what it was, and nothing unique. You know, it's just it was kind of predictable, and it was cool the way that he dispatched of Megan. But yeah, it was just normal to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, like we said earlier, like I think it was predictable. Like you knew where it was going to go. I mean, maybe I didn't see. I never personally saw like Bruce coming back into it really. But I thought it was a great way to introduce kind of how she could they could kill this this robot, which is not really dead because Megan somehow downloaded herself into this Siri thing, this is, you know, somehow got in there.
3: Yeah. I don't it's, know how. It's, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things, right? Somehow hacked the cloud and so transferred herself
2: over. My question is, did she hack that cloud? Or are we to come to find out that perhaps that guy did sell the stuff and maybe that is going to come back in the sequel that he sold – the uh you know secrets away and now this thing got did get downloaded into a cloud that megan is now in control of all these other sort of things I it, mean, it's, I, it's a bit maybe? too quick
3: for that you know like that's <laughs> yeah. like a, like two hours later you know I, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah i don't yeah. think it would be like already out there in the in the world you know if that were the case i think that's maybe more of breadcrumbs for the sequel than mm-hmm. actual plot you know although i did like the pornhub reference i thought that was hilarious when <laughs> you're looking at pornhub <laughs> again like, yeah you know? <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's uh so one thing i thought would also come back into play which i was kind of disappointed didn't was and this i can relate to because i don't have kids so i kind of relate to allison williams character with kids like yeah i have all these like you know quote-unquote toys around but don't touch them <laughs> because they're not toys they're collectibles and. I love that she has this like robot ball thing and it does all this crazy shit apparently. And she just wants to roll it. (laughs) And she does makes this big deal out of like, well, it does all this other, no, no, just, just roll it. I thought she'd bring that toy back somehow and show it like, this is what it really does, you know, and kind of hurt Megan that way. But unfortunately it didn't come back bit disappointed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, at the end of the day it's it's a fine movie and i think we kind of all agree with that but uh yeah i don't know why well, you guys want to rate it anything else you guys want to touch no, on i think
1: it was a an average film and i gave it a a three out of five
2: yeah i'm right there with you i also give it a three out of five i think it's a fun watch something i would watch again like i i would i think it's a, it's a fun one to watch like kind of in a group with a group or something like that but if it's on tv You know, I'd I'd watch it. So, yeah, three out of five for me as well.
3: And I'm right there with you guys. Uh, Three out of five. I think it's more effective as a sci-fi film than it is as a horror film. If they do release the R-rated cut, I think I'd watch it. You know, I'd want to see what exactly was left off the uh, the cutting room floor. And I'm really curious, like, how... I've heard it gets really crazy. Like, from the articles I read, like, it's really bloody and gory. So, really? I'd like to see that. I'm very curious, because... We don't get that at all or a sense of mm-hmm. that at all in the movie. So, yeah, yeah, so three out of five. I think it's a decent film, just nothing special.
2: Mm-hmm. One thing I thought, now that I'm thinking a little more here, uh, the dance. Uh, you know, do you think that is a kind of vindicative of our culture now where they're like, well, if we put in this dance, it will go viral on TikTok and then more people will talk about the movie? Do you think that's something sort of the studio thought about and that's kind of why
3: they threw it in there? absolutely I think that's what yeah. it is I think we're gonna see that a lot more too uh yeah. where they're gonna try to especially with Wednesday now like they didn't get the benefit of seeing kind of the Wednesday dance you know but I think they're gonna see things trying to go viral and they also pulled the same shit as smile where the Megans were like showing up at major sporting events and oh really you know, I didn't they, see that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's just I didn't like see that either it's yeah enough. if you if you look it up you'll you'll see it's like one of the big Was it, uh, must have been football, I guess, because baseball's gone. So, football game where they had like six or seven girls dressed as Megan, (laughs) like in the stands, and just one of those things, you know, copying off uh, the marketing.
2: I don't hate it, I don't hate it though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, all right. Well, I guess that is it. We hope you enjoyed our review of Megan next week. We're gonna be doing the night of something strange, which Steve has been really clamoring for us to review. So I know he's excited for that one. Me and Todd have not seen it yet. I know it was a movie club watch you guys did, right?
3: Yeah, we did like an impromptu like movie club one one night, and we just so like someone that was there is like, oh, we should watch that one. It's crazy. Oh boy, hold on to your butts. It's All right. it's a wild fucking film. All right.
2: What year did this release? Like 2016 or something like that? 2016. All right. So don't quote me on that, moved. but ar- around that area, around that time. Around that. All right. Very cool. All right. Uh, and you can watch it on streaming. Tubi. Do you know? Tubi. All right. So you can go check it out on Tubi before, before we review it. Next week, that is the night of something strange. Uh, don't forget to stick around for our interview immediately after this. Uh, Jason Eisner, the director of Hobo with a Shotgun, and his brand new movie, 2023's Kids vs. Aliens. If you want to keep up with the podcast the best way, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, The Horror Squad Podcast. You can always send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. And the absolute best way, of course, is our Discord. Several channels over there to dig your teeth into and just enjoy all the horror aspects of it. And yeah, I think that's it. We'll see you guys next week. And don't forget the interview. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by a very special guest. Horror fans will know him best for Hobo with a Shotgun and also his segments in VHS 2 and the ABCs of Death. Uh, and today is he, he is here to talk to us about his latest movie, Kids vs. Aliens, which will be hitting select theaters and on demand January 20th. Please welcome writer and director Jason Eisner Jason thanks so much for joining us today
0: thank you thank you so much how are you guys doing
2: fantastic we're excited we're excited to talk to you today uh, so why don't you start uh, by telling our listeners what kids and aliens is about
0: yeah well kids versus aliens is about um, a brother and a sister who grow up making movies together and uh, the, the the sister is the oldest of the two and she starts getting pressured by teenagers her own age stop hanging out with her younger brother and making movies with him and these older teenagers like try to manipulate her and convince her to have like an epic Halloween party that just gets out of control. And during the middle of that aliens attack and try to abduct the kids and uh, the older sister Samantha has to like, you know, find the courage to go and fight these aliens and save her brother and his and his buddies.
2: Nice. Uh, Now, this movie, of course, is based on your short that was featured in VHS 2. So, you know, had you had this full script kind of in your head when you wrote that short? Or was that something you came back to later?
0: Yeah, and um, when we wrote the short, it was just, you know, the short we were only thinking of, you know, of the short and the task at hand. It came together, like, so fast. Uh, But once I had finished the short, I had, like, dreamed of the idea of, like, Expanding the idea of doing like uh, genre stuff like with kids and like wanting to do like a like a horror movie like with kids, I thought would have been cool. And like ten years ago, that was like you know fairly unheard of. Like since the eighties, and I was pitching it to studios, and and uh, everyone was just like, "What you want to make like a kids movie? <laughs> like after like Hobo with the Shotgun? They're like really like a kids movie." And, and it was so hard to like get it across to them. Uh, so. You know i had developed a few things over the years that were kind of you know within that like that were spiritually kind of within that sort of genre they never like came to fruition but you know 10 years later uh speaking with brad misca who's uh, one of the producers of the vhs movies he uh and i had always dreamed about the idea of expanding the short into a feature film and um so he pitched it to mark ward at rlje and uh, Mark. Like for him, he loved the short so much, and it was one of his favorite segments from all the VHS movies. He pretty much just greenlit it on board, and he was a big fan of my my show, Dark Side of the Ring. So it was so refreshing because he just believed in me, and without a script or anything, he was just like, "Let's do this. Let's you know, let's greenlight this, make it happen."
2: it's funny you bring up dark side of the ring because we've mentioned it on the podcast actually uh, quite a few times because steve and i uh y- we used to be like massive wrestling fans back in you know the attitude era and whatnot so we were big fans of dark side of the, Re- the ring oh well. that's great thank you so much yeah.
0: that's awesome
3: yeah.
2: uh how was it working with uh with the kids on the film they seemed rather rambunctious on screen. screen uh so were they a tough bunch you know, to, to wrangle, or were they all pretty professional?
0: They they were all really professional, even though like for a lot of them it was the first time they'd ever been in a movie. Um, but uh, the the I tried to create like a safe space on set for them to feel like they could bring any idea to the table, and I just encouraged them to be bad and like have fun, and and uh, and I just wanted them to feel like you know that they could be themselves and like. I was always trying to get this like heightened version with them, but I found we had this running joke on the uh with the crew. They actually made these crew shirts at the end of filming that said still rolling on the back because I would like I would constantly keep like the take rolling to like keep hyper focus because once I like would call cut, like all the kids and everyone would just go oh and like you know, go and get snacks and they, you know, you just start or checking your phone or whatever. And, uh, and so I felt like we had to like, keep it like intense in the moment, let's stay in the moment. So I would just keep, keep doing it, like doing the, the take until we got it right. And we would just keep it rolling until, you know, we got it there. And so, yeah, <laughs> it was like at times tricky, but it was amazing and so rewarding. And I had like the best kids like ever to work with.
2: Awesome. Now, uh one thing you know that we especially love on this podcast is practical effects and in this movie you seem to have gone completely practical oh yeah. uh, with the and and made for some awesome kills and moments in the movie now are, are you a strong proponent for practical effects or are you just you know whatever works for that particular movie
0: oh yeah and no, I always try to do everything as practically practically and in camera as I can like I just I don't know. I'm such a stiffler for like, uh, you know, you got to capture it like in camera. Like to me, if you do it otherwise, then you're like cheating in a way. So and like I I don't know, for me, like it's like, you know, I, when I I remember when I was a kid and I grew up like playing sports and I would like chase the feeling of like scoring at, like a hockey goal, you know, and just like that, that rush you would get, you know, from just, you know, doing something like that. And like I get that rush from like getting like effect shots, you know, and like, because they're so hard to do. And, and sometimes it's just like, literally, it's like movie magic. Like it just all the things come together at the right time, the right moment. And when you capture it, like on camera, there's nothing that feels better. And then you have it forever. You've like immortalized this like little moment that, you know, you and your friends, you know, behind the scenes are doing all this crazy shit to like, you know, make the, the stuff fly in the right way. And the, the limbs to go this way you know and so yeah it's just so fun
3: uh something i love about your films is you inject a lot of canadian culture <laughs> into them uh using <laughs> actors like jonathan Torrance and this one you have yeah. Ron Wells and hobo with the shotgun that's something mm-hmm. that's important to you that you do consciously it's just that's your experience and it happens to be that you put them into your films yeah
0: no it, it's a i love this question it, it is important to me and like um i like I've, uh, as someone like who grew up in like Canada and where I grew up in like Nova Scotia, like the idea of Hollywood like seemed so far away, like especially when I was a kid and yet didn't have the internet. And, and then it wasn't until I got older and I started finding out like there were other filmmakers like in Canada that were doing what I was trying to do. I just didn't know about them because I didn't, it wasn't exposed to me. Uh, and so, you know, now it's like, like, I, uh, I have such fondness for, like, those kinds of movies, especially, like, my hometown in Nova Scotia. Like, I feel like I'm always trying to figure out ways to, uh, you know, wearing a Nova Scotia hat. Like, I just, I'm so proud of where I'm from, and I want where I'm from to be, it's the spirit of it to be in my work. And so, Kids vs. Aliens, I'm, like, for me, there's a lot of, like, my hometown, the things I grew up, like, uh, with that are, that are part of it. And like a big part of it for me is in Nova Scotia, there's a great UFO story like, a, and uh, Nova Scotia is like a hotbed for like supernatural and paranormal stuff. Uh, but there is this great story. If you look up the, like the, the UFO crash of Shag Harbor in 1967, uh, it, uh the opening of kids versus aliens pays tribute to it, where a bunch of fishermen saw this like light crash into the ocean. And they thought it was a plane that went down and so they raced their boats over thinking maybe they could find survivors and when they got there there was no debris but there was this glowing light coming from like the depths below and uh there's just been all these rumors over the years and my uncle when i was a kid he had like worked in the navy and he told me what all the inside like rumors that he heard about what happened and so that like it that really like affected me as a kid because it was like it felt like it was in my backyard and so you know there's a lot of like uh like little things like that that are in the movie and then just all through my work I'm trying to I'm trying to you know pay tribute to where I'm from
3: and uh, something that you do it seems is take your shorts and then make them into feature films so is that something you think helps you is to release first kind of a small version of the story and then build on it uh, or do you think you should you should just go to features going forward
0: yeah i guess it's like all it, it it does help me and i and you know actually from doing like press about the movie and like people have talked to me like uh, i got a couple questions about like how i like started out and uh, the more i'm like kind of thinking about it like the more i'm realizing i'm still doing what i did when i was a kid and when i was a kid i like i struggled like academically um, but when I discovered like a video, Kara, uh, when I was in the like, when it was like the eighth grade. Um, I convinced like every teacher for every project to let me make a video like for it. And that's like how I got through school. And I feel like now this is how I still like get through life and like, even with pitching my projects, I have to it, every one I've made it's like been from filming like a short. Or a proof of concept in like some kind of way to show and or, or convince you know the powers that be that uh, either like there's an audience for this or you know just to show the the vibe in which I'm I'm trying to go for.
2: Excellent. Now, without spoiling anything, watching this, there seemed to be a nod to Freddy Krueger in the movie. Now, <laughs> am I uh, looking too much into that, or was that intentional?
0: um you know it may have been uh for the actor who played this character that wears they wear these gloves with like these big blades on them and when I met the the actor Johnny Shreve who uh plays that character uh he had it was always his dream to like play a monster in a movie like Jason Voorhees and Freddy and Leatherface so he may have brought like some of those inspirations uh, there but for me it was <laughs> it was a toy that I grew up with. I don't know if uh you recall there's there was uh in uh, the toy line masters of the universe He-Man uh Skeletor it was called Te- Terrorclaw Skeletor and he had these like gloves that you put on with like blades and uh I as a kid I obsessed like oh that was like one of my favorite action figures. And so in the world like when you see this happening like there's like, if we ever got a chance to make a sequel to this, you'll find out what were, like, the original purpose of those are, like, what they're, like, used use for. Um, so, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome. And, and lastly, Jason, what do you got coming up next? Any, any projects in the works?
0: Yeah, I, we, I've got a couple things in developments and, like, TV stuff, but I can't, we're not ready to make any announcements about it yet. And then I'm just, I'm writing, I'm writing another uh, horror movie right now. And um yeah just like developing a couple i got a couple projects um that are in development that for a couple years that hopefully if this movie does well like it will help you know nudge some of those along and and then if people like this movie enough and want a sequel like i would love nothing else like my dream would be to just jump right back in with this cast and crew and like bang out like a crazy we already have the sequel to this planned and that that would be my dream but we'll see perfect
2: jason pleasure talking to you
0: thank you very
3: much have a good one
0: awesome you too take care
2: thanks bye